0: You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk with Derek Johnson and Nick Springer on FM 1017 and
2: 1320 KLWN. Depend on it. Hey, what's happening? Welcome into another edition of Rock Chalk Sports Talk. I'm Derek Johnson along with Nick Springer. Hey. And we are brought to you by Did 23rd you almost Street Brewery. your own name? I'm just. I, I know what my name is. It's just sometimes when you talk a lot, you <laughs> say something wrong. Okay, uh, on today's show, we uh, are going to be joined by Voice of the Jayhawks' Brian Haney. We also have two RCST football trivia matchups today. Uh, we got a top 10 list. We're going to start a new segment with KU football related in the 5 o'clock hour and some KU football audio. Right off the top here, we are going to preview the safety position for KU football. Um, so this is uh, one of the better positions on the defense, it's this or corner that, that seems to be the best. Uh, Yeah. Yes. Um, starters. Kenny Logan is going to be a senior. This will be the final year of the Kenny Logan era at Kansas. Yep. OJ Burrows is a junior. And then you have Marvin Grant, who's a redshirt junior. Now, only two of those three technically will be starters, but they all play a lot of snaps and they have, Different roles, I think, specifically with Grant and Burroughs. Yeah. Uh, that it's basically starter equivalent for there. Uh, with Logan, you feel like he has all Big 12 potential. We've seen it from him in the past with Burroughs there. Uh, he is kind of a ball hawking safety. I uh, continue to be a big OJ Burroughs guy, but he's more of a coverage guy. And then Marvin Grant is more of your run defending safety.
3: Yeah. He's more your box safety. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think you hit it right on the head with the Kenny Logan situation where this is a guy who was preseason first team all Big 12 last year. I mean, the expectations were that he was going to be a, a, a really quality player. And I, I just don't think he had quite the year last year that I think people expected him to have or maybe that he even himself expected to have. Uh, but we know that that level of play is there. We've seen it from him in the past. We know that he can be that type of player. And uh, listen, he says all the right stuff every time we talk to him, every time the media gets a chance to talk to him. Uh, you know he's a great leader on the back end. It's just a matter of, can he sort of maybe recapture that level of play that we started to see from him at the end of the previous year? Because last year, I just, I, I don't know. It didn't quite, even I mean even if you look at the stats, maybe he was still one of the guys up there in stats, but it just feels like he has another level that he could potentially get to that maybe we didn't quite see fully last season. Can he hit that level? OJ Burroughs is obviously excellent uh, in coverage, as you mentioned, and definitely want to see that continue. And you're right, this these situation is where you have three guys that they, but two of them play such vastly different roles that uh, they will be kind of interchanging, right? I mean, Marvin Grant's the type of guy you want out there on a third and short, third and medium, because he is a thumper. He will come down, and he will lay a hit. Uh, when we played the media from him uh, last, earlier in the week, he talked about the hit he made in the Arkansas game that forced that fumble that got Kansas kind of back into the game. So that's kind of what he brings, and O.J. Burrow's great in coverage, so... You feel really, really good about that stable of three guys you have. You have a veteran leader, a guy who can play every down out there at the safety position with Kenny Logan, and then you have two guys that are more specialists in terms of what they're really, really good at. But the fact that you have three safeties that you feel really, really strongly about being really quality players is absolutely great to have on the back end. Yes. Uh,
2: Marvin Grant played 497 snaps last year. O.J. Burroughs played 627. Kenny Logan played 870. So I'd imagine it'll be something similar to that again. Uh, Burroughs had one of your best pro football focus grades. Among players with 100 or more snaps logged, he was defense. Lonnie Phelps, Caleb Sampson, O.J. Burroughs. And the way he did that was with his coverage grade. 74 coverage grade for KU a season ago, which was the best coverage grade of any player. Now, he did struggle a bit at times. Um as maybe a run defender and a tackler. He missed 12 tackles, which was tied third on the team but his missed tackle percentage um was one of the higher numbers there because you know it was like 20%. So that's something that that you're going to look to shore up a little bit, maybe another year in the system if he can become a good tackler, then you look at being kind of this great all-around player. Um with Marvin Grant he uh, at a 78 grade as a tackler, so you kind of make up for it there. But then you lose some in the coverage with the 61. So it's just, yeah, it's finding the right situations when to play one over the other. Kenny Logan's kind of the mix of both. He didn't have good pro football focus numbers, did uh, Kenny Logan. He, he had a 60 pro football focus grade, which was 21st among all KU defenders. I do think it's hard to grade safeties in some of this because you don't yeah. know what their assignment is to be, like maybe it's to play deeper, maybe it's to take away this or that, and, and it ends up not coming. So I do think he's better than that showed. But it definitely did feel like Kenny Logan's 2021 was a better season than 2022. Maybe that's just looking back at the pro football focus numbers. Maybe that's looking back in you know, 2021, he was or, all Big know, 12 first team. 2022, he wasn't, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly, expectations, right? If it you go into too. a
3: season with lower expectations and you have a good season, and then the next season, you go into it with much higher expectations, being all Big Twelve, and you're watching him more. First team, yeah, and you're you know one of the leaders on the defense last year, one of the more veteran guys, and and and, and again, it's not even that Kenny Logan had a bad season per se. It just maybe wasn't up to the quality of what we were expecting. Mm-hmm. I still have
2: high hopes. Uh, I, I still view him as being the best safety in this group. Oh, for, for sure. what it's worth, hundred percent. But I, I don't know. I guess I wouldn't be shocked, though, if it was O.J. Burrow Like, O.J. Burroughs, to me, could be a guy who does have five or six interceptions in a year. And then maybe he kind of takes that claim. Uh, as far as the two deep, I expect Jalen Dye to, to be contributing to some regard. He's a redshirt sophomore. Uh, Kenny Logan, Marvin Grant were both out of spring ball with different injuries. I think with Kenny, it was like a arm-shoulder thing. With Marvin, I think it was like it was a hamstring like a, or leg thing. Right? Yeah, I think it was like a groin yeah. area. He injury. mentioned it in the audio. Yeah. Um yeah. So Jalen Dye got a chance to play a lot more, and uh, that's good because, you know, Kenny Logan will be gone after this year, and then OJ Burrows' Marvin Grant will be gone the year after that, so you need guys to be ready, and Jalen Dye seemed to be just that, so he'll probably rotate in this year, uh, the former son of Jermaine Dye. You also have some others on the roster: uh, Akili Hubbard, who is a former JUCO transfer; Mason Ellis, who's an an in-state guy, I believe; Caleb Purdy was a highly rated recruit for you, redshirted; Taylor Davis, I've heard good things about him; and then Landon Nelson, another uh, kind of in-state guy, redshirt sophomore. You also have Andrew Russell, who's a redshirt senior, who I believe is a walk-on.
3: Yeah, out of that group, Mason Ellis was the guy that actually got brought up a little bit recently as somebody who was maybe taking some steps forward. Uh, And making some plays. And yeah, I think he I believe he's from Derby, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, So in state guy there. Uh, So yeah, this is a group that I think when we talked about the corners yesterday, it was you have really good players right now and you feel like you have a really, really solid stable of guys that are either on the roster or preparing to come onto the roster in the future to where you think that's going to continue to be a position of strength. I don't know if I would go as far as to make that statement with the safeties. You have a really good stable of, of starters right now with the three you have with Kenny Logan, OJ Burrows, and Marvin Grant. But I think there probably is a little bit of a drop off after those three guys. Uh, and so the question is: A, I guess first of all, A is health for those for those first three, and B, over the course of the remainder of fall camp and the rest of this season, going into this season can one of those other guys that's lower down there emerge and help out with some extra depth, right? Jalen Dye was a guy that uh, I believe uh, had a chance to speak with him with the media back in the spring because of the fact that he was playing more, and uh, he expressed that and seems like a great player and with a lot of really quality attributes, so that's really nice to see. But yeah, I don't know. I don't feel as confident about the depth of this position beyond those top three as I did about the depth of the cornerback position. And and it's with the thing with the quarterback position is it was it was more of a not only of with the guys on the roster but you have more guys coming in, at the safety position. I, I don't know if that's you know you it's hard to feel the same way.
2: Yeah, it is. Yeah. Um. And and it becomes interesting too if you're playing, you know, five DBs on the field. Will that fifth DB? Will it be a third corner? Will it be a third safety? Probably depends on the formation. Probably depends who's best at what. Uh, with the depth that you kind of have at at corner. It makes it a little tougher maybe to get more of these guys on the field. But I think you feel good about this position overall. Um, biggest story and question marks for, for this position, who do you think has the best chance of taking a jump to being a star? Being all Big 12, being, I don't know, maybe All-American.
3: Uh, Kenny Logan feels like kind of a cop-out answer here, does he not? Considering he kind of maybe he's was already touched there. touched it before, yeah. yeah. Uh, so you have Kenny Logan, obviously, as your veteran guy. and But, you know, I don't think Kenny Logan, to me... Based off of what this what this position has, I kind of view Kenny Logan as being more of I don't think he has to be your star as much as he has to be your stalwart, consistent guy, your consistently high level veteran player. When you look towards stars, I mean, in terms of coverage, you look at OJ Burroughs, I mean, what if he what if O.J. Burroughs has a Kobe Bryant esque season from last year where he kind of breaks out and makes a couple of nice flashy plays? Then that would put him, I think, on that pedestal. Same goes for Marvin Grant. If Marvin Grant as a box safety goes down and is making some big hits and forces three, four, five fumbles this season, that puts him in that conversation as well. So I I think if you look at this those three guys collectively, to me, Kenny Logan is the guy where you can just you you can just depend on him. I don't think he has to be super really elite. He just needs to be consistently playing at a high level. I think your X factor comes from maybe those other guys at their special skills that they have. Can they take that jump? Now, the problem is, is like if O.J. Burrows is making some high impact interceptions and whatnot, but he still struggles to tackle, is he making all Big 12? Probably not. I don't know.
2: Because that's noticeable, especially on tape. Uh, Kenny Logan, win now? What do you mean? KLWN. You said he's dependable. Depend on it. Boom. How about that? Ah. Boom. I honestly
3: had no idea what <laughs> you were trying to say there. I was like, what? I feel
2: like you still don't know what I'm trying
3: to say. I really don't. Okay. No. Nonetheless. Um So we gonna miss on that one. Yeah, I, I don't think Marvin
2: Grant would be the answer here. I just I, I think there's too many limitations in coverage, to be honest. Yeah. Useful player, but tough to to be a star if you can't be on the field for those key moments and, and do one of the key things. Um yeah, Kenny Logan, we've seen it before. I I'll be honest, I actually do think it's O. J. Burroughs. Think so? Because He started playing for KU as soon as he was a true freshman. And he was somebody at at IMG Academy who had all sorts of interceptions. He was a ball hawk at the high school level, which, you know, that's a really good high school too. And you had to throw him into the fire earlier than you wanted because, A, you didn't have as as many good players as you would have liked. B, he was just that good. But his body wasn't there yet. And I don't know that it's still there. Like, I'm sure they're probably still trying to, uh, you know, add weight to him and, and grow his body even as he gets older and stuff. Uh, but he's listed now at five foot at 5'10, 185 pounds. I don't think that he was playing at, at 185 pounds the last couple of years. Do you? I don't think so at all. No. Right? So that not tells you close. that he would have had to gain weight. Yeah, um, not even close. I feel like probably closer to like 160, 165. Yeah, I was thinking 165 maybe. Now, I'm looking at the last year, the year before. It says 185, so maybe it's just he is the same weight and maybe it's one of those things where they boost up. I don't know. All I'm saying is if he can add that weight and just become at least a secure tackler, right? Don't have to be laying big hits. Just be a secure tackler. Wrap him up, take the guy to the ground. You're not missing tackles now. That coverage is there, and if some more of those interceptions come to come with the coverage in addition to just being, you know, an above-average tackler at that point. I think you could be talking about a star safety. So, yeah, I, I do like O.J. Burrows in that way. Um, in the same vein as the corners, is this a good unit, though, because it has recognizable names like... Kenny Logan, very recognizable name. He's been playing for a long time now. O.J. Burroughs playing in his third year. Marvin Grant playing in his second year. Like, these are a lot of recognizable names. Same with the corner. At the end of the day, though, you still struggled against the pass. You struggled overall as a defense last year. Is this a good unit because it's a good unit? Is it a good unit on a bad defense? Or is it just being viewed as good unit because it has a lot of recognizable names?
3: Yeah, I think the returning, I mean, when I don't know necessarily that we've totally fallen into this trap. But it is easy to be like, well, everybody's right. back, so you must be getting better. Or I think
2: we be... do this in sports, though, just in general. The idea of, hey, I recognize that, guy. like, yeah. oh, I recognize that that oh, name. He's their backup. Like, he that <laughs> must mean they have a great backup because I recognize his name. When in reality, that doesn't necessarily
3: mean it's a good thing. No, that's that's totally fair. Uh, and you know, I think with this group, I feel. A little less confident that they can play to their maximum ceiling than I do with the corners, and that's I, that's not to say that I these aren't great players that Kenny Logan can't be a good player that OJ. I just I, I don't know that I necessarily see them playing to their ceiling as much as I maybe see some of the corners playing to their ceiling, and so with this group I don't it doesn't and that's not necessarily a bad thing right if you can just consistently play at a high level that's good enough you don't have to play superstar level every single snap. So with that with that in mind, I I I don't know that this is a fantastic unit. I mean, without immediately just off the top of my head, looking at other safety groups around the conference, would you take KU over over some other some of those other groups?
2: Yeah, I mean, it, it's like you said, like we we don't cover those other teams, so it is kind of hard. to, You know, where would you put them? Yeah.
3: Off the top of my head I would like to say yes. Like like this is probably a top half of the Big 12 safety group, right? Yeah. You would you would think.
2: I mean just off the top of my head like teams that KU played, like were you overly impressed with I don't know, the safety group of and again it's different now than it was last year, but you know when they played West Virginia or Houston or I don't know, like Iowa State probably has better ones. Maybe Texas has more talented ones, but like some of these schools that the KU played, it's not like they they jumped off the page with some of the safeties. So yeah, I mean it's probably a top half, I guess. But again, that goes back in line with some of the talk on Kenny Logan. Like the production wasn't as good last year. Pro Football Focus grades weren't as good. Are we overhyping the idea that we just recognize the name?
3: Just asking a question. No, I I understand. I mean, I think it's possible. I think it's uh, I I don't think it's so much of you recognize the name as much as it is. Like I said, I, I think sometimes you can fall into a trap of well, everybody's back, so you must be better, right? So that doesn't always happen. You know, Sometimes there's an ebbs and flows of how this stuff works. So mm-hmm. it'll just kind of depend. Uh, I I mean, again, with Kenny Logan, we've seen him touch that level. We've seen him be that level of player. I mean, he was an all-Big 12 first-team first team preseason guy last season for a reason. He can, he can get to that level. Uh, it's just a matter of doing it again on the field because we didn't really see it at that level as much last year.
1: Yeah.
2: Okay, uh underlined question, big question here. Confidence scale. Do you feel better, worse, or the same about this unit than last year?
3: I feel in between the same and better. Can I go with that?
2: So that would be better though. Okay, better. If fine. it's in between, that means slightly better, which slightly is better, yes. theoretically okay, better. better. Okay, yeah.
3: fine. Yeah, I feel better. <laughs> I think Kenny Logan is, is in position to have a better season than last year. If O.J. Burrows takes a step forward in coverage, then you feel better. Marvin Grant, if he continues to be a hitter, a guy that you can rely on to come in and and put some pop in the secondary and put some fear into some running backs running downhill or some receivers across the middle, that's a positive. I do feel better. Where I feel potentially the same is what if those guys just plateau again like they did last year? Or, I mean, what if you have an injury? Uh, I thought I was. It Kevin, I think it was Kevin Flaherty earlier in the week that brought up a good point. That you know, KU's been pretty lucky. I mean, besides the Jalen Daniels injury last year, they were pretty lucky with a lot of their elite level play, elite level guys and mm-hmm. injuries. You know, during the season, right? They 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 came away probably better than most teams in terms of their top player. Now again, besides Jalen Daniels, but a lot of your upper level players managed to stay pretty healthy. That needs to, that needs to continue as well this season.
2: Uh, I definitely don't feel worse, so that's good.
3: Hard to feel worse.
2: Yeah, it really is. Um, I don't know how much better I do feel, to be completely honest. It does. It does feel like this could be a position where it's stagnant, which that could be fine, because again, it was a fine unit last year. It, you didn't have like major issues here at this position, so that's not like a bad thing if it is the same. Man. I guess it, it's dependent to me on just one of those two guys, Kenny Logan or OJ Burrows. Can you take that step forward? If no. one of those two or takes that step forward,
3: can Kenny Logan get back to that level that we know he can play at?
2: Yeah, exactly. So that's what I mean. Like, by him taking a step forward, I just mean, like, I guess getting back to that point. Um, you know? And I guess, like, I'm looking now at the, uh, the safety ratings of all the Big 12 safeties. Um, that are returning for this season uh, among like snap minimum guys. Let's see. Uh, One, two, three, four, five, six. You have to go to the seventh best in the big 12 to get to OJ Burrows. You have to go to 14th best to get to Marvin Grant and then 17th best to get to Kenny Logan. They have a lot of returners. A lot of other teams don't have that many. Yeah. You know, there are only 21 safeties who qualified on this list. Uh, among the 10 teams that are from last year's Big 12, I guess. So that's not including the newcomers. I, I don't know, man. I, I guess I feel the same. I feel the same. So, I, I mean, <laughs> to recap the defense then, that means safety, I feel the same. Corner, I feel better. Better. Linebacker, I feel slightly better. Yeah. Slightly D-tackle, better. I feel better. Defensive end, I feel worse.
3: Worse for D end. Slightly worse, the same for D-tackle. Well, I'll go same now. I feel better than I did when mm-hmm. we did the preview. Linebacker, same to slightly better. Cornerback, better. Safety, same to slightly better.
2: Well, I'm tempted to grade myself on a scale because there is just the eternal optimism that happens every offseason for every team across the country (laughs) to where there hasn't been anything bad yet. So it's always going to feel like there's the hope and potential.
3: So, do we need to create like a curve? I don't know.
2: Maybe we do. But if we don't create the curve, if we just go through those positions, we basically said everything is the same or better outside of one position. So, why would the defense not be better?
3: It's a very important position, position. It is. It is.
2: But I I, I think at that point, basically what I'm saying is I do expect the defense to be better. I think they will be a little better. How much better? Is it marginal? A little bit. Do they give up 33 points instead of 35? Or do they give up 28 instead of 35, right? There's a big difference in in how things kind of swing.
3: 28 seems a little aggressive. Maybe. I mean, that's a touchdown difference. That's what they did from the year before. Typically, the the team's... a defense of me and you could have gotten a touchdown difference in the year before.
2: Typically, the teams who improve the most, if you're just looking at points allowed per game from one year to the next, it's somewhere between 10 to 13 points. So if you have a seven-point improvement, that'll be one of the better ones in the conference in the country, but it won't be one of the like most you know, outliers. So, I, I don't know. yeah Plus, what happens if they slow it down this year? What happens if they run more and slow down the tempo? And maybe that affects it where the defense actually isn't better, but they just give up less points. That could be part of it, too. I don't know. All right, he's Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. Voice of the Jayhawks, Brian Haney, joins us in about 15 minutes. This is RCST on KLWN. Depending on it. Welcome back in to Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN. With Nick Springer, I'm Derek Johnson. And we're joined now by the voice of the Jayhawks, Brian Haney, who three weeks from tomorrow will be on the call for the Jayhawk Radio Network of KU football's first game against Missouri State. And uh, we're certainly looking forward to that one. But he was also on the call of all the action here for uh, the Puerto Rico trip for KU, taking on the Puerto Rico select team and then the Bahamian national team times two. We got to see different versions of the Bahamian national team. Buddy Heald in in both games, kind of on a minute restriction. Eric Gordon in the second game. Obviously it it was unfortunate we didn't get to see the uh, DeAndre Ayton matchup, but um, you know, looking back at, at watching that Bahamian national team, if you could assume like how good that team is or would be if you were to pluck them in college basketball, any idea, based on the level of competition, what we're kind of talking here about what KU, what type of team they faced off with over those last two games?
4: Uh, I really haven't thought about it in those terms, but you know, when you think about some of the shots that Buddy Heald made that were well-contested, hand-in-the-face, Fading 27 foot threes. I mean, you're not going to see that most nights in the, the D1 ranks. And, and Gordon, you know, didn't show all he's capable of, but that's still a pro that's had a long and lucrative career and, you know, a double digit career score. And Buddy's average 16 a game for his career was a two time Big 12 player of the year, uh, which the only other guy to ever do that was Ray LaFrance. So, I mean, this would absolutely be. Uh, you know, top two or three team collegiately, if not number one. I don't think they had as much inside, but at the same time, the the Burroughs kid—I say kid—he's thirty-seven years old. Um, you know, he was very formidable. It wasn't DeAndre Ayton like we had hoped to see, and like had been indicated to the tournament directors that he'd play. And of course, he was out there warming up for an hour before the game and then disappeared into the locker room when it was time to go through the pregame layup line. So not sure if he was acting on orders from the Suns, but uh, yeah, he, uh, he was obviously a guy we were really excited to see and disappointed that we didn't get to see that 100-dickinson matchup. But he added it all up, and it's still a really impressive competitive team. I thought A.J. Storr was impressive. He went for 24 in one of the games, former Wisconsin star. So they had some firepower for sure. Tum Tum Nairn didn't play a ton, but he was a Michigan State guy back in the day. So, yeah, that would definitely be a Final Four contending team for sure. Anytime you got two, not just NBA players, but you know, Bill Self called Buddy Heal, the borderline NBA all-star, and Eric Gordon obviously had a really impressive career as well. So that team could certainly win it all in the college ranks, no doubt.
2: Uh, so that obviously you know adds to it, because you, you win one, you, you lose close in the other, even without Artario Morris. So uh, among the newcomers, I don't know, there, there could be the obvious answer if you want to go to that, if you want to go to somebody else. What to you stood out, or who stood out among the new players wearing the KU uniform?
4: Well, I think we saw manifest in that first game what I'd seen glimpses of throughout the practices that preceded the trip when it comes to the explosiveness of um, especially Arterio Morris, but on Marco Jackson, too. I mean, Marco, baseline to baseline, is so impressive. Just an absolute jet. And uh, it reminds you of some of the instant speed injection into the lineup that Devon Dotson provided a few years ago when he came in as a rookie. And But then Arterio, you know, he's, he's able to block shots at the rim, throw down dunks on guys, posterizing them with the right-hand hammer that we saw several times over. And uh, as Bill Self said, there's consistency there that needs to improve. We've talked about how one game he can assert himself and look like the focal point, the next he can kind of you know, blend into the background a bit. But clearly you saw, as we said on last week's live report from down there, uh, explosiveness that, that we've maybe not seen in quite some time at Kansas. And so, to me, it's a shame we didn't get game two from Ontario, but I'm glad they played you know a, a safe precautionary measure by holding him out. But prior to that, he was the guy that had turned my head the most I think Timberlake showed some flashes, but nothing spectacular. Hunter Dickinson was what we thought he would be, but uh, to me, that that twenty point eruption right out the gate from Ontario showed you just scratching the surface of his potential. I know that was the least competitive roster we went up against in the Puerto Rico Select Team, but I watched him do some similar things to that when this particular Kansas club faced TBT team in a scrimmage a few weeks back, and and he was. He had at least one posterizing dunk in that one. He had an ejection at the rim in that one against a much bigger player. So this is a guy that, I mean, he he has the ability to be as explosive as anybody on the floor and self-just wants to find a way to to tap into that every single night or as much as possible. So he was the guy that impressed me the most. But I I think you could go up and down the roster and find multiple bright spots for everybody. And like we said last week when I talked to you live from down there, I mean, I don't know that I've been this excited about the overall athletic ceiling of a KU basketball team in terms of speed, explosiveness, size, everything wrapped into one. I mean, wow, this is a really imposing group, and it's everything we weren't three years ago when we got run out of the gym up there in Indianapolis by USC and it took a couple of years to, to get as athletic as I think they're self-envisioned. But but here they are now and look out because, man, this is going to be really fun to watch these next seven months.
3: How much did those three games down in Puerto Rico maybe help alleviate any concerns you might have had with K.J. Adams fitting into this lineup with the chemistry he had with Hunter Dickinson and how what he showed? Did these three games maybe help make you feel a lot better about him fitting into this lineup?
4: I don't know. I mean, I wasn't losing a ton of sleep over it, but I think if anything, I, I left way more excited when you see, you know, some of the the lob catching potential when all the defensive attention is is fixated on Hunter and they're sagging down on him, and it allows. KJ, some freedom to, to roam the lane and collect a, a big-to-big type pass for a dunk or when we get Dewan involved in the quick ball movement we saw between those three on uh, some of these touch passes to set up win finishes. That was really exciting. And it had Bill Self saying on one of our post-game interviews and pre-game the next day that you might even have to, to harken back to some high-low principles when you got two guys that enjoy playing with each other as much as those two do. They're selfless in the way they pass the ball and they can feed off one another uh, based on the amount of defensive attention that that one or the other would command. So I I wasn't worried about it too much heading down, Nick, but I think I leave super enthused and excited about it. And as I am with with just about every aspect of this team, obviously we want to see him shoot trees a little bit better, and we'll be talking about that probably throughout the year. But when you see what we saw down there, I I think in in most instances, K.J. being one of the most obvious, we left – maybe even more encouraged than we headed down there hoping to be. So the the encouragement and excitement, enthusiasm factor for me is is, uh, ratcheted up several matches after those three games, especially with K.J., who, as Greg pointed out, he looks a little bigger, a little stronger, and and yet just as explosive. And to think where he was at two years ago at this time to now, it's amazing, you know, the, the development, the blossoming of his game, his confidence, his everything. I think we were looking at him halfway through his rookie season thinking, okay, he's a really nice athlete. He's a good defensive stopper, but he's a little bit out of position, and is he ever really going to be a pro in basketball? In fact, I was talking with one of the people inside the program that made his physical gifts and is very up to snuff on everything in his physical prowess and said, you know, he could be a professional lacrosse player or something like that. This was a conversation two years ago. Now you look at KJ and you think, man, the sky's the limit. I mean, This guy could be an all-Big 12 player that, that plays for many, many years in whatever league that happens to be. So to see the way his trajectory has just kind of shot to the moon here in the last year and a half or so, he's uh, a testament to his own hard work, uh, but also uh, obviously Kansas continues to produce and get the most out of the big men, and in this case the forwards uh, because, man, I don't think anybody saw a meteoric rise this fast, this high uh, for KJ Adams coming outside of, of maybe KJ's family himself. Because this guy, you know, vaults all the way to Big 12 Sixth Man of the Year, and, and now we're talking about a guy that you know should score in double figures and, and and be an absolute problem for other Big 12 teams because you can't just fixate all your attention on Hunter or or you know Kevin McCullough or somebody like that. Here comes KJ. That could light you up for a 7 for 10 shooting, 16.8 rebound type game. And man, that's that to me is a, an all league type guy. And I probably wouldn't have forecast that two years ago from him.
2: Dewan Harris had very differing games from the first two versus the third one. I think two points, nine assists in each of the first two games. And then he obviously had the aggressive scoring game, 23 points, two assists in the third game. Which of those two versions of Dewan do you think Bill Self wants
4: more of? <laughs> I like how you phrase the aggressive scoring game. Self got a little bit aggressive in challenging him, saying if you don't attempt at least five threes, your butt's going to be sitting next to me on the bench. <laughs> and uh, and Sure enough, he goes out there and starts hunting his shot a whole lot more in the first couple of games. Not only was he a little more passive in the first two games, but there were a couple of Unwan-like, uncharacteristic mental errors uh, you know, late in the game, and, and in, in one case, you know, we're talking about the Saturday game versus the Bahamas, and, and just the type of stuff in crunch time you wouldn't expect to see him do. But we saw a much more in-control, assertive, and poised version of him in the Monday game. And to answer your question, it's, it's somewhere in between. I mean, I, I think the Wan needs to be an eight-plus assist guy per game for Kansas, but he also needs to be a guy. That is uh, an equal threat to score the ball himself. We've seen he's capable of stepping back and hitting uncontested threes. And we've seen what he does when he puts the ball on the deck and, and either finishes at the rim himself with those flip from the hip patented driving finishes that he does so well, or uh, you know, gets the ball to a teammate on a penetrating pitch type play. We need him attacking. And uh, yeah, you know, Hunter's made his comments about how if Juan doesn't average double digit assists, then you know, something's wrong. And, and yes, Hunter being here is probably going to lead to five, six more assists per game for Wando. If those two have the type of chemistry we think they will, but that doesn't mean that there isn't still a need for Juan to be a scoring presence on this team, too, because just by him being a threat creates so much more opportunity for the other four guys on the floor. So I think to answer your question, and it sounds like a cop-out, but I think you do this when you ask it, the answer lies somewhere in between he's not going to be a 22-point per game guy, and he's not going to be an 0-4 with two free throws guy either but I, I think he needs to be an eight to nine assist guy and, and maybe uh you know 10 11 point per game type guy the thing that i'd like to see him do is get to the line a little bit more and hit him a little bit higher once he gets there i think mean, he was about 61 percent free throw shooter last year that's obviously got to go up and got to have more than 50 attempts like he did last year so um, those are two things that i think are easier fixes but uh the, the truth of where he needs to, to finish in his, his next season at Kansas is somewhere in between those stat lines and Game 2 and Game 3. Kevin
2: McCuller had some high praise from Bill Self before the team left for Puerto Rico, mentioning that he was you know, the best player on the team. Did you feel like in the games, Kevin McCuller took another step forward from what we saw out of him from a year ago?
4: You know, when Self described to me his praise in this, Offseason, this summer of development for Kevin, I, I was asking him, like, what does it look like to make the Jalen or Ochai leap, if you could sum it up succinctly? And he said, confidence offensively. He already had confidence defensively. He's one of the best five defensive players in America. And we saw that with the way you know, he went toe to toe with Buddy, and even on some of the shots that Buddy hit. I mean, Kevin could not have done more in terms of staying assignment sound, being right there, and and making it as tough as humanly possible on Buddy to hit that shot. And I think, obviously, he he took it with a lot of pride because he knew, even if it was on a um, courtside cam with a one-camera feed panning from left to right, there'd be NBA people watching to see what he did versus Buddy and Eric Gordon. I thought he was great. But, but the confidence offensively that Self is speaking to doesn't mean he's going to start having a bunch of 35-point games like Ochai and Jalen showed us in, in their lone season after the combine feedback they received. But it does mean that the psyche, the mentality, the I'm the baddest dude on the floor, give me the ball, get out of my way, is starting to creep in. Not in a selfish way, But in a, hey, like I'm not a one-trick pony on the other end of the floor that's just a defensive stopper and a glue guy offensively that's a third option. I need to be that alpha. And we saw him have some take-and-make big moments in his previous Kansas season. I remember a huge three he hit down in the Bahamas last year that saved the day for us. He's never shied away from that, but he's never been the focal point either. And while this is a team that on different nights a focal point could look differently, it's clear that amongst the wing scorers, he needs to be the alpha. And so the fact that he has inherited and, and established that confidence offensively that Bill's talking about, it doesn't mean it's going to turn into 20 points per game like and Jalen averaged, but it, it means that he's not backing down from any fight. He's not getting passive or, or deferring. He's embracing the opportunity and wanting in those moments the ball to be in his hand. And so... That, to me, was exciting. And while the numbers weren't huge down there by any means, I think we saw some of that aggressiveness. We saw some of that offensive assertiveness out of him itself was leading to. And I think that just continues to build and get better from here.
2: Outside of, of the basketball side of things, did you have a favorite thing that you got to do in uh, Puerto Rico?
4: Great question. You know, this wasn't like the Italy trip where there were a ton of – Historical opportunities to, you know, go to the Sistine Chapel in Vatican City or see the Last Supper from Leonardo da Vinci or go to Lake Como. Like that was one of those lifetime trips six years ago where it was tailor made for a little more of those experiences and less emphasis on basketball, similar to what the Kansas women are going through right now on their 10 day European trip. But this trip was more about uh, I think for the guys bonding time away from basketball, whether it was on the beach or in the boat excursion they had, and then, you know, having those extra practices and being together. I think Coach Self said it, you know, we we just want basketball and the beach, a chance to be together, that kind of thing. They didn't want to be in a bunch of tour buses. Having said that, um, I had a chance to hang out with Steve Kincaid and his lovely wife Pam and we had a chance to go rainforest hiking one day and climb to the top of Mount Britain where you truly understand the reach of Jayhawk Nation where, when you're in this castle on the top of a little mount of a hill on the top of a rainforest, and you meet Jayhawk Radio Network listeners from Wichita and Overland Park at the very top of this castle, you realize, man, we got Jayhawks everywhere. It's incredible. But so we had a blast doing that. We uh, we did an Old San Juan uh, tour one day, which was a lot of fun to see the history down there. Ate some incredible food, too. So. A lot of fun was had. It was a different kind of trip than some of these previous exhibition adventures, but I think it was absolutely one where they accomplished everything they wanted to, both in terms of team chemistry and bonding, but also in the basketball progress as well. So very fond memories of Puerto Rico for sure, and certainly our thoughts and prayers are with everybody out in Maui right now because that was meant to be our next big destination to look forward to, and, and right now we don't know what the future looks like after the devastation, uh, you know, in Lahaina, and my prayers with everybody out there. Just horrific scenes yesterday coming out of Maui. But uh, yeah, if, if this winds up being the only tropical trip we get this year because of changes with that event, rest assured the guys uh, definitely made the most of it. And like I said, our, our thoughts and, and, and hearts go out to the folks in Maui because that's obviously not too far down the road here in about three months.
2: Yep, scary stuff. Like you said, with some of those pictures. Well. Brian, I uh, appreciate you coming on here and recapping some of the Puerto Rico trip with us. And uh, before we let you go, a word from Nate
4: Miller? That's right. My main man, Nate Miller, he's uh, back for another uh, great round of reports here on KLWN. And just as the Jayhawks are working on their game plans, Lance Leipold, Bill Self, and all of that, he's got a game plan to help you with for your most profitable, and financially secure future. So make sure you check them out today at MillerRetirementGroup.com. That's com. And again, guys, thanks for the platform to be on with you. Always fun. I'm going to hang up so I can listen to some uh, RCST football trivia later go. and uh, learn some stuff as we count down the days. to what is it now? You said T-minus 22 days from kicking it off? So good good to do that with some KU football history, and nobody does it better than you guys in breaking that down. So can't wait to hear it.
2: Appreciate it, Brian, as always, man. Have a good rest of your week.
4: You too, buddy. Take care.
2: All right, cue the disclaimer. Brian is a paid spokesperson, not a client. Brian does not endorse, and all individuals should make their own evaluation of the firm's investment advisory and insurance services. Investment advisory services offered only by duly registered individuals through AE Wealth Management, LLC. All right, that was Voice of the Jayhawks' Brian Haney. Thank you to Brian for hopping on. You can hear him in three weeks from Friday through the Jayhawk Radio Network right here on your original home for the Hawks with KLWN and our sister station, 105.9 KISS, for that opener. One hour down, though, two to go. We got RCST trivia coming up in the 4 o'clock hour, our KU football superlative segment, some KU football audio in the 5 o'clock hour. Coming up next, though, top 10 things with the number four. <laughs> this is RCST on KLWN, Depend on it. When with Nick Springer, I'm Derek Johnson, and we're going to have some RCST football trivia coming at you in about 20 minutes from right now. Two matchups on today's edition of the show. We've also got a KU football superlative segment we're going to do in the five o'clock hour. First, though, uh, we have a top 10 list here for today. And on this top 10 list are things with the number four. This is about the what? ultimate summer content random thing of
3: all time. Things with but the I number don't care. four. What
2: things with the number four?
3: Dude, we what I'm what I'm mad about this is, and I don't want to spoil it for the listeners. Wh- I had we had a great idea for a top ten list that's way better. We'll than get this. to it later. And instead timeless. of doing that, you wanted to do this. I with love this. fours.
2: Yeah, uh, honorable mention picks. Uh, just things in general that have groups of four, or like cars have four wheels, right? Like. Mount Rushmore, it has four heads on it. But I didn't really want to give as much credence to things that didn't actually like involve the word four. You know? So <laughs> okay. those are just honorable mention. I also okay. have honorable mention the four horsemen of the apocalypse. Kind of oh. badass sounding, but also badass. like not cool because that means the world's ending. And they represent uh, death, famine, war, and conquest, and none I of those see, are good. Honestly, I didn't know that. Okay. I thought they were just cool guys that rode on horses. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, let's get into the top ten. Number ten. Number ten is just the number four. How without is that it, number one? Without it, we wouldn't have number five. How is you that know? not number one? Um, or why didn't you make number four number four? Because it's number ten. There are better things than it. I'm not just going to placate a number on a list just because it'd be trendy and cool. I rank. I take this ranking very seriously, Nick. So number I'm not just nine. gonna lob it up there. All right, on, number nine. I don't.
3: I What your reasoning was stupid. So we're moving on.
2: Four calling birds. Dude, Twelve days what? of Christmas. Twelve days of Christmas. Four day of the four calling birds from Twelve Days of Christmas. Is that' what it is. Yeah. Oh. Five golden rings. Four calling birds. Three French hens. Two Ooh, turtle doves turtle and a dove. partridge in a pear tree. Okay. I don't know how much further I can go than that. But the four calling birds, Twelve Days of Christmas. What is, is a, a calling bird? It's a. Bird that comes to you uh, when you a, call it. Maybe a bird that calls. I don't know. Uh, yeah, that's a Christmas staple. Christmas, good. <laughs> so number uh, nine. No, number eight. Number eight. Yelling four in golf. I think this should be higher.
3: Well, here's why it's not high. Because this is, this is like a weirdly pleasure, pleasurable thing. Like you hit a bad shot, but then it's like. Four.
2: Yeah, I so I can it, like, see kinda that. makes it more fun. It's also good because it, it hopefully helps it, it, somebody yeah. avoid getting which, hit by with a golf ball. Why why isn't it just, hey, watch out? Uh, that's too long. You just need something with uh, that's short. Here's the problem though. The reason why it's number eight is because that means that for you to yell four, you messed up you're, your shot. Yeah, you suck. You shanked yeah. your so- yes. shot. If you're yelling four, it's bad for right, you. Right, which is why it's only number eight. It yeah. has good reasoning, but <laughs> There is a downside to it. I'm which just going to start
3: saying, hey, watch out instead.
2: Well, that's that's going to be a trend that you're going to see about, I don't know, a couple of the other things on this list. <laughs> there is like a downside to it. So that's why four in golf is only number eight. Okay. Number seven. Number seven is the fourth dimension.
3: Mm, this There's feels two, like it should be higher too. Three
2: dimensions, right? And then the fourth dimension is like space and time. Yeah. No, that's a pretty which cool Which is thing. really cool. It is really cool. So why is it so low? Because I don't understand it. What do you mean? You don't understand? How do you actually make this work? Well, you can't get there. I don't think. Exactly. So it's just the idea. It's of- the idea of it, but we don't actually understand how to process the fourth dimension.
3: I mean, I, I mean, has the fourth dimension ever done anything bad to you, though? No, it hasn't. But it's, so it's, then- it hasn't done anything good for me either. I just can't use it. The idea of it is cool, though.
2: But I can't use it. That is so tempting, man. That's like that's like if your parents were like, "Hey, we bought you this video game. You can't play it." for another six years but They're you like, know what, what? I,
3: mean, but, I can't but the thing with the fourth dimension is it's it's endless the possibilities are endless
2: so I, who knows I, I know but i can't use it so, so does doesn't mean great. no good it's yeah, cool but, in theory but yeah so nothing i think it there be, i
3: think it should be higher number six
2: the number four jersey in sports mm. great jersey here four locally jersey. you think of it yeah. with basketball from uh you know Devonte graham to sharon collins um, from a football perspective, it's more so quarterbacks, but I think four is a great quarterback number. Has KU ever had a quarterback where four? I'm sure they I'm have. I'm sure at some point. Yeah. But
3: like, I can't name
2: oh What number was Bill, Bill Whittemore?
3: Is he... he? four? No, he was no, not i I'm blanking
2: four. on this. You're making me, uh. He was not four. Are you sure on that? Bill Whittemore was number four. Really? Yes you even Idiot. know who Bill Whittemore was or are you just taking like a random stand? No, I
3: know who that is.
2: Okay. We've yeah, done enough trivia four. that
3: I know who that is.
2: All right, yeah, he, he was number four. I didn't know he was number four, though. Yeah, man, four is just a good jersey Dude, number.
3: There are, okay, there are certain football you can players. You wear it in every sport. There are certain football players where you say their name and in my head I'm like, they should wear that jersey number, but they don't. Like Bill Whittemore, in my head I was thinking 18. Okay. Why? Um, I don't know.
2: No, I, I think four is a very universally great jersey number. You can wear it in soccer. You can wear it in football. You can wear it in baseball. There are certain jersey it's numbers. It's very versatile. Exactly, versatile. where you can't wear it. I think oh, a lot 100%. of the single digits are that way. But yeah, four is a good jersey number. Into uh. the top five. Number five. The final four slash the phenomenal four, whatever you want to call your four. This should be higher than five, I think. Uh, you keep saying that with everything. Not everything can be higher, Nick. <laughs> uh, you have to have the cutoff somewhere. You don't even know what's ahead of it either. Well, um, I think it's whatever. It's
3: better than whatever is ahead of it. I can well, okay, that.
2: it's a, it's a good thing, obviously, because if you make it to a Final Four, phenomenal Four, that means you had a really successful season. Yes, that means you had a lot of celebration. In, but in still, trivia, you're getting a lot of prizes. It doesn't guarantee that you won it all, so there's a holdback there. No, so there's a but lot to celebrate. I don't know. I think there
3: are a lot of programs that celebrate a Final Four almost as much as if they were to win the national title.
2: Yes, but it's not as complete as the four things in front of it on this list. It's not a complete trial. We good? Yes. Number 4. Number 4. This is the ultimate one on the top 10 things with the number 4. If you are number 4, uh four phases of the moon.
3: You have do you know the four phases what? of the moon? Yeah, it's uh waxing, waning and crescent and No. It's waxing, new, waning,
2: new Oh, new and full. Yeah. There you go. Okay. Yes. Yeah. There we go.
3: There you go. Waxing, waning, new and full.
2: Yeah. See, I knew that. Uh, without the moon, our oceans, our tides would be screwed. we would all be dead. I just think this is overrated. You think the moon is overrated. We would not be alive. <laughs> yes. Nick, I think without it's overrated. The moon. we would not be alive. on this
3: particular moon. list, I think it's overrated,
2: yes. okay, well, I think you're overrated. We need it. Also the moon is cool and having different cycles. the moon, of the moon is cool, is cool the because is then cool. you can look at every night is a different picture.
3: You know, you know? what's so frustrating about the moon? Hmm. Try to take a picture of it with your phone. It looks like garbage. If you go outside and take a picture of the moon with your phone, it's just a, it's just a bright blob. Because <laughs> in your head, it's like, dude, the moon looks so cool. And then you go and take a picture, and it's like, what is this? It's terrible. So the moon hates photos, mm. I guess. So what?
2: I think that adds to the descript nature that of the moon. That adds to
3: the mysteriousness. Yeah. To the mystique. Mysterious moon. Yeah.
4: So yeah,
2: that's
3: why it's in number four.
4: Number three.
2: A four-leaf clover. Okay, this is Brings good,
3: good luck. See, this is the first good ranking you've had on this whole no, I'll buzz off. <laughs> no, it brings this you the, luck, right? This is the first good ranking bag. Yes. There is no downside
2: cool. to the four-leaf clover. Have
3: you ever found a four-leaf clover?
2: No, I haven't. Really? Otherwise, I would have won the lottery. When clearly. I was a kid, I found one. Well, what did you do with it? I don't even remember. That's that's the moment in life where you messed up. You what, what do you mean? I was like Nine. Yeah, I know. You had a four leaf. You had everything you could have ever wanted. What you could had a I possibly have done? I you was could nine. have gone to the casino that day, nine. and you could have put all your what money, part of nine years all old of you your understand? savings, on a number. It would have hit. Dude, you would have been rich. It would have been the start of your story. What part of nine
3: years old? Do you don't understand.
2: But you would have had a four leaf clover. So luckily, nobody would have noticed that I was nine. Yeah, because you, had a, tall, a you like, had a four leaf clover. Three feet tall. Superpower. And
3: obviously not. You had a four leaf clover. Adult.
2: It would have been fine. I didn't even have
3: an ID. How do you want me to get past the nobody? The checked guy it. that's part the of the luck guy. of having a four leaf clover. Oh, they would have just thought I was, you know, twenty one or whatever.
2: Yeah. Number Lucky. two. Number two is the four elements: earth, this is water, serious. air, fire. <laughs> <laughs> this, this, this is way overrated. What do you mean? Again, like this is vital to life. It's just overrated. There's do you like? Do you like the earth? The earth is great. Okay, check mark. Do you like water? Need water to survive. Okay, check mark. Water is good. Uh, do you like air? Air is fine, yeah. Okay, check mark. Uh, do you need fire to like cook food and do all sorts of things warmth, and stay warm? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Check mark. Four for four. What are you going to do about it? I just think it's overrated as, as part of this list. Okay, whatever. Vital to life. And uh, I love all those things, so <laughs> what are you going to do? Number the only reason one. it wasn't one is because there are downsides to all that, right? There can be flooding, there can be wildfires, whatever no, Number okay. one, though, Ready? on the list Never met someone who's been like, I ain't like this thing The Wendy's 4 for 4 I knew
3: it! I knew as we got closer I was like, this dude is going to put the Wendy's 4 for 4 on this list somewhere <laughs> Do the I Wendy's? Knew it. Wendy's 4 for 4 Now you can
2: do like the, what is it, like the biggie bag or something like that? Yeah, I think they have the $5 biggie bag now Which, I don't know, maybe it's a better deal But it's not okay, the traditional 4 for 4 Have you been, four have four you been to, four to four Bronx? Four. Have you been to Brahms? Before? I've been to
3: Brahms, yeah. Do they so have a Brahms? Well, no, but Brahms has the bag of burgers. Oh, that's you cool. Get, you get like, I think you get like five or six junior, junior cheeseburgers oh, in a bag. I gotta try this. I gotta try this. For like, I don't know, for like six bucks. They're bringing a Brahms to
2: uh, Lawrence. Oh, yeah, eventually. I saw that. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so I'll you have get to can get a try bag that. of burgers. Yeah, we can compare it to the bag of burgers with Wendy's before. <laughs> There's not a better, you know, back in the day, back in the day, you could get a fast food meal for four or five bucks, and oh, that easily. was just like normal. Nowadays, you legitimately, you're going to spend eight, nine, ten, eleven dollars at a fast food place. Oh, yeah. It's just unfortunate. Not at Dude. Wendy's,
3: not with the four for four. Dude, yeah, you're telling me, man. At Kane's, my freshman year of KU at Kane's, you could get a box combo for like eight bucks. Not anymore. Nope. Not anymore. Not happening. But, as you said, Wendy's four for four. Mm-hmm. It's always there.
2: Yeah, you're really hungry? Get an eight for eight. How about that? I, it's, I don't think that's a thing. Well, you just get two four
3: for fours. Oh. Yeah. Okay, I see what you're saying. Yeah. Because I don't think you can go up to the window and say, "Give me an eight for 8. I don't.
2: Do you just do whatever number like that? At In and Out, you can just be like, "Can I get a four by four, four patties, four you know things of cheese?" Can I get a six by six? Yeah, exactly.
3: Four patties?
2: Yeah, I have a friend who used to do that. Like every time he went, what? It's crazy. Yes, it is. And he's like the skinniest dude ever. It makes no sense. Uh, But yeah, Wendy's four for four. Good. All right, he's Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. That's our top terrible list
3: besides. Like number one. Everything <laughs> with else the is number
2: terrible. four. Uh, we have two trivia matchups coming up next. This is RCST on KLWN. Depend on it. Welcome back into RCST football trivia. This is FM 1017 1320 KLWN. KLWN.com, the KLWN app with Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. We've got two trivia matchups coming at you today, uh, the first of which between 7th-ranked Ryan Goodwin and Brad Wandell, and the second between Ryan Brown and Skinner Wenninger, who is uh, receiving votes, honorable mention pick, in our latest RCST Trivia Top 10. RCST Football Trivia is brought to you by McDonald's, Mr. D's Auto Wash, 23rd Street Brewery, Johnny's Tavern, Jayhawk Trophy, and Lawrence Shirt Factory. Lawrence Shirt Factory can hook you up with any customized gear that you're looking for, from shirts to polos to quarter zips. They also have a uh, great selection of cool stuff that's kind of uh, local, whether it's KU-related or you know high school-related. So check them out in Lawrence with Lawrence Shirt Factory. Uh, our first matchup of the day should be a fun one between Ryan and Brad. Uh, these are two contestants who met last year, and at the time I believe Ryan was 2-0, and uh, Brad might have been 1-1 one one at the time, and it went to like four or five overtimes. They just kept answering, knocking out medium questions against each other. Eventually, Brad came through with the victory and ended up advancing or, or, uh, or I guess, getting the victory, and uh, neither Brad or Ryan ended up making it into the playoff, partially because of the matchup so Ryan's currently leading the division that gives him an opportunity to uh, get a bit of revenge Brad trying to repeat history and have a chance to uh, maybe win the division and make the postseason let's get into our first matchup of the day with RCST football trivia we are in the Johnny's Tavern Conference here as our first of two trivia matchups today Ryan Goodwin who's sitting at 2-0 with 21 points scored he's ranked seventh Brad Wandell who's sitting at 1-1 he's got 18 points scored and uh, Ryan 1-0 and in conference play, Brad 0-1 in conference play, Blake McFarland, who will be going um, tomorrow, he's uh, currently just in the clubhouse for conference play. He's 1-1 in conference play. So uh, this matchup, if Brad wins, then it would be a three-way tie among 1-1 teams in the division with Ryan, Blake, and Brad. And then it would just come down to who has the most total points between the three of those for who would win the division. Um, obviously, there are opportunities to make it beyond winning the division. Currently we have three two and one teams who are in the clubhouse with 29 27 and 26 points so uh, if Brad wins this matchup and can surpass that he'll feel good about getting in uh, Ryan even if he loses this matchup but if he can get you know above the 26 27 29 point total today then then he'll feel good about getting in as an at large so opportunities for both you guys honestly to make the playoffs here but uh, Ryan can clinch the division with a win today Brad can have an opportunity to win the division based on what happens with blake today and uh, i think more importantly than that there is a pride element here you two met last year and brad won in i don't even remember what overtime it was it was like the fourth or fifth overtime at this point in time so ryan i want to start with you Uh, take me back through the the nightmare that you occurred last season in in losing in however many overtimes it was
1: well you know you go that deep in a game you always think you have chance you have certain opportunities in that game where you should have won it you like to think and uh that game ultimately was the one that did keep me out of the playoffs last year so um, you know here i am i got a chance to punch my ticket today and of course you gotta you gotta fix your demon from last year so uh hopefully brad will go a little bit easier on me this time around
2: brad you won that matchup last year and uh you've kind of joked around that you didn't like now having the target on your back in this matchup so how do you feel headed into this one
0: oh yeah it's been fun uh Listening to Matt Tate come on, give Ryan a bunch of crap for the last year or so about this. You've been hyping this up. I wasn't supposed to win that matchup last year. I'm not supposed to win it this year, but it depends how the questions fall. And we're going to give it our best shot. So it's exciting.
2: That's right. I should also add, Ryan, if you can win today and score 15 or more points then uh, you would clinch a first-round bye in addition to winning the division and making the postseason. So uh, a lot possibly on the line here in this matchup. And, uh, Brad, I'm going to give you the coin toss here. Do you want heads or tails? We'll go ahead. All right. It is tails. So, uh, Ryan, do you want to go first or do you want to go second? I'll go first. Okay. We're going to start you off in the easy category. These are worth three points in our first quarter of play. First to you, Ryan. What Mac school did Lance Leipold coach at before coming to Kansas? Buffalo. Yes, Buffalo, the Bulls, before coming over to be the head coach of the Jayhawks. You're on the board. Brad, let's see if we can get you on the board. What SEC school did Les Miles coach at before coming to Kansas? LSU. Yes, LSU, and he won a national title there. Certainly led all his uh, recruits and whatnot at KU know about that all right three to three the score as we head into the second quarter of play uh, this medium question will be worth six points okay uh, back to you ryan this jayhawk offensive tackle was named ap all-american in the 2007 season that ended with kansas in the 2008 orange bowl collins anthony collins is the correct answer all right, you got that one right. I think just some technical difficulties on our end, maybe. Okay. You are up 9-3. to three. Let's see if Brad can equalize the score here. Brad, your question. This Jayhawk defensive lineman was named an AP second-team All-American in that 2007 season that ended with a 2008 Orange Bowl appearance. Uh, was that McClinton? It was James McClinton. And uh, Brandon McAnderson, all sorts of stories about how unblockable he was in practice. It is 9-9, headed into the second half of play. These are now worth seven points in the hard round. We're going to go back to you, Ryan. In an eventual 54-16 loss to Texas Tech in 2013, Kansas was at one point tied 10-10 and saw what punter have to attempt a fake punt on 4th and 13 from their own 16-yard line is a Charlie Weiss special here. Mm-hmm. 10 seconds. I'm
1: completely drawing a blank on punters. I'm going to say Curtis Ansel, even though I know it's wrong. The right answer is
2: Trevor Pardula, who was uh, actually a really good punter over a uh, couple of years for KU. All right, Brad, you have a chance to take the lead with your seven-point question here in the hard round. All right, this one to you, Brad. Donning the number 45 uniform, this senior linebacker finished second on the 2010 team in tackles with 85 of them.
0: Uh... I don't know. I'm just going to go with uh, Russell Borson.
2: The correct answer on this one is Justin Springer. I do not believe related to my uh, co-host Nick Springer, but uh, that is the right answer there. All right, we're tied 9-9, which means that if somebody gets a really hard question, that would probably vault you forward, but also it could set us up that we could have some more overtime between the two of you because we didn't have enough last year. All right, back to you, Ryan. This is for eight points. This Jayhawk defender earned Big 12 Defensive Player of the Week for his September 16th performance in the 2000 season against University Alabama Birmingham.
1: Could you repeat the question real quick?
2: This Jayhawk defender earned Big 12 Defensive Player of the Week for his September 16th performance in the 2000 season against UAB. Ten seconds. Carl Nesma. right answer on this one is Algie Atkinson. Kind of a fun name. I don't know if that one rings a bell at all for you. Okay, Brad, your question to try to win it in the really hard round worth eight points. This Jayhawk defender earned Big 12 Defensive Player of the Week for his October 21st performance in the 2000 season against Colorado.
0: Um... doublefield. Stubblefield.
2: Uh, that would have been in the 90s, but not a bad yeah. guess if you couldn't think of one in the 2000s. The correct answer on this one was Marcus Rogers, a couple defensive player of the weeks in the Big 12 for uh, KU that year. All right, that means we're tied 9-9, nine nine, which means we are getting more overtime between the two of you. Uh, I gave Brad the first coin toss, so Ryan, I'm going to give you the second coin toss. Do you want heads or tails?
1: I'll go heads.
2: It is heads. Do you want to go first or do you want to go second. I'll go second. All right, so we're going to switch around the order here. Again, if we go to more overtimes, then uh, we'll end up switching back around. Okay, so that means, Brad, you're going to go first, which uh, means you will pick which category you want to answer a question out of.
0: Uh, I guess I'll go medium.
2: All right, we're going to go with a medium question here for you, Brad. In KU's near victory at Texas in 2019, what Jayhawk wide receiver led the team with seven catches from Carter Stanley?
0: Oh, it's one of three guys. It's either going to be Robinson, Charlotte, or Parchment. So I'm going to go with uh,
2: Stefan Robinson. That is the right guess. Good process there to, to narrow it down, and you hit that one. Um, so now Ryan... You have the option, and you know uh, I will mention this here. Obviously, with your nine points in regulation, that gives you 30 points. So even if you lose this matchup and are two and one with 30 points, that would give you the most points of any of the two and one teams, which would clinch you a spot in the postseason based on how many other teams can even get to two and one at this point. Um, so that maybe gives you a little bit. I don't know if you want to go for hard here, or you can still try to get the division win because. You know, I guess that is possible if you want to be hosting that game, so to speak. So, uh, I don't know. What do you want to do here? What What do you want to answer? Go for the really hard, Ryan.
0: Flex those muscles. I know you can do it. <laughs> I'll I'll go I'll go for
1: the hard. Let's go for the hard. Okay.
2: And I should mention um, at this point because you had nine in regulation, you can't get a first round buy even if you win this game anyway. So, I guess theoretically, you're in the first round of the playoffs either way. So maybe this is the right play for it. All right, your hard question, Ryan, for the win in overtime for revenge from last year. Who holds the KU individual season record for most all-purpose yards with 1,788 of them? And to be clear, all-purpose yards does not count passing yards, but it does count rushing, receiving, and return yards.
1: Season record, correct?
2: Yes. Uh,
1: Two guys in mind. I'm going to go with my guy, June Henley. Mm. Who was the other guy you had in mind? Puka.
2: The correct answer is Desmond Briscoe. Oh! Desmond Briscoe. So, Brad, you have done it again. You have beaten Ryan once again. I appreciate the courage to go for it. Obviously, it helps knowing that you're in the playoffs either way. Um, But, Brad, that's huge for you because now you're 2-1, and and now you have a real shot at uh, making the playoffs here with 27 points, which... I think that might actually, between both of you going 2-1, and one, I don't know, I guess it, it'll depend on what Blake McFarland does tomorrow. That could kick Aaron Mayer out of the playoffs, but if Blake loses, then maybe it doesn't. So either way, both of you could be in the playoffs. Maybe we'll get a, a repeat matchup between the two of you in the first round of the playoffs. Uh, but Brad, thoughts on uh, uh, on winning this matchup and, and possibly securing a spot in the postseason?
0: Yeah, I think I was a little fortunate that he had a postseason berth lined up, went for the hard. And he probably had about a 50 50 shot on hards based off what I've been listening to. And it just happened to be one they didn't get. So I appreciate that. I was glad I once again had a little bit of luck on my side, definitely not getting my head too big about it because I know what this guy's capable of. And if I want to make a run, I'm probably going to have to go through him again. So.
2: There we go. Well, Ryan, um, I I know this loss. It you know it probably doesn't feel great to lose, but going out like that, where you're you know taking a real swing at it, and I think the listeners will respect you going for the hard there with some of the stuff you had clinched. Uh, thoughts on on I guess overall your first three weeks and and what's ahead for you in the postseason?
1: Um, it, it always just gets down to what questions get asked and do they hit your hot spots? You know, I was fortunate week one. Uh, Blake had some difficulties, and then. You know, I I got lucky, kind of got lucky against Skinner because the questions fell the right way, and you know, just sometimes, you know, for for whatever reason, those questions all fall that way when I face Brad. Uh, <laughs> so that's the way it goes, I guess.
2: Yeah, It does. Well, guys, I appreciate both of you, and uh, we'll see if we see both of you next week. At the very least, we know we'll see one of you. So thank you, and uh, maybe see you soon.
1: All right, good Thanks, luck, man. Ryan. Good luck, Brad.
2: Well, I appreciate the guts of uh, Ryan Goodwin to go for it. You you gotta like to see that. Um, especially since he had things kind of clinched there, but I guess Brad is kind of his kryptonite a little bit. So, uh, you know, that's kind of cool. Um, but we do have another trivia matchup coming up today. RCST football trivia is brought to you by 23rd street brewery, Jayhawk trophy, Johnny's tavern, McDonald's, Mr. D's auto wash and Lawrence shirt factory, McDonald's and Mr. D's auto wash in the Lawrence area. You can grab a bite to eat snack uh dessert lunch dinner you can get your car washed at Mister d's auto wash on 6th street in lawrence okay well uh that means that ryan goodwin is now sitting at two and one in his division he has 30 points scored this is based on uh regulation scoring for what it's worth um and this is out of the johnny's tavern conference he is two and one overall one and one in the conference brad is now one and one in the conference two and one overall he has 27 points in regulation, so actually, Ryan would still be winning the division right now over Brad, uh, which means that Blake has an opportunity if he can score, he's going to need a, almost a perfect score, basically. Uh, I guess he could miss his, um, well, no, he will need a perfect score. So if Blake can get a perfect score tomorrow, Blake can still win the division, uh, but I don't know, I guess this could be our one division that has three two and 2-1 teams, because we don't have that if, if Blake can win tomorrow, and then you could have a bunch of playoff teams from the same division. But uh, either way, Ryan will make it in as either a division winner or a kind of wild card. Brad with 27 points, if he does get in as a wild card, uh, that would bump Aaron Mayer down to our fourth wild card and put him in into a tie in, in terms of Brad with Garrett Hart for the second wild card at 27 points for people in the clubhouse. But we do know that... Blake's going to have an opportunity to get to 2-1 and one tomorrow. Ben's going to have an opportunity to get to 2-1 and one tomorrow. And Skinner later today is going to have an opportunity to get to 2-1. and one. So uh, lots of drama still to come here with RCST Football Trivia. Uh, once again, we are brought to you by Johnny's Tavern. In 2023, Johnny's Tavern celebrating its 70th year anniversary. And it's good news for you because they'll be having all sorts of specials at your local Johnny's throughout the year. Stay tuned for more information about the 70th year anniversary at the original location in North Lawrence. With now 13 locations of Johnny's to your nearest location, wherever it is, whether it's Topeka or the newest store in Raymore, Missouri. You can try all the great food and their great beer as well, including the brand-new Blue Collar Lager, a beer you can only get at Johnny's that's brewed by Free State Brewing Company. Into our second trivia matchup of the day, coming up next between Ryan Brown and Skinner and Wenninger. This is RCST Football Trivia with Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson on FM 1017 and 1320 KLWN, depending on it. Welcome back in RCST Football Trivia. We are brought to you by Jayhawk Trophy. Get your custom awards and engraving experts here in Lawrence on 6th Street. You can look at all the product they have in line because it's not just trophies. They have plenty more. Or you can go in-store to uh, Jayhawk Trophy. They'll take care of you. They'll ask for recommendations. They'll really hook you up, which uh, is really cool with Jayhawk Trophy. Very personable over there and uh, great customer service. All right, so we have Ryan Brown taking on Skinner and Wenninger. And uh, this is a neighborhood porch conference. Ryan is is barely hanging on. If he can win and win by a sizable margin, he's got a chance to win the division uh, with a three-way tie of one and one teams. That would even leave opening for for Ben. So Ben is rooting for Ryan today. Skinner, meanwhile, though, if he can just either score the right amount of points and or win the matchup, can win the division. But uh, I think Skinner is going for even more than that because he seems like, even though he's one and one I mean, the the loss was really close. It was a last second really hard from Ryan Goodwin. Uh, Skinner knows his stuff. He is somebody yeah. who is dangerous, and if you're somebody who you know you're already in the playoffs, I would not be wanting to play Skinner.
3: Yeah, I agree with that 100%. In this situation where he controls his own destiny, right, this is a classic case of you're going into week 18, you're going on the road to play in two-degree weather, and you but you control your own destiny versus your opponent who needs help. So if you're Skinner, if you just go and play your game and get a W, that's all. that's all that matters at that point.
2: That's right, and uh, you know, for Ryan, like I said, you do still have that that small bit of hope of of winning the division, but there is yeah, that I mean, pride listen, element. Ryan too. was
3: a phenomenal four guy in uh fo- in basketball trivia two years ago. Yeah, he so was. And know- last year he was the top five
2: or six team by yeah. the end of the year in football. Yeah, so we
3: know that he he also can be a guy that if he's turned on could really uh, put some points up. Yep, that's right. All right, let's get into
2: uh, RCST football trivia. This is our second and final trivia matchup of the day. It features Ryan Brown and Skinner and Wenninger, who is uh, receiving votes in our RCST Trivia Top Ten. This is out of the Neighborhood Porch Conference. And if Skinner can win today, he will clinch the division, which would put him into the postseason and a top eight seed. Meanwhile, though, if Ryan wins this matchup, then there would be a three-way tie of one in one teams in conference between Skinner, Ben, and Ryan. However, Skinner has the most points. He has 18 of them. Ben and Ryan each have six. So, Ryan needs to not just win today. He needs to put up a big point total and hope that Skinner uh, has a lower point, point total to this point. Um, Skinnerd, if you win this matchup and you can get, uh, let's see, 18 points, 17 points, then you could have a chance at having a first-round buy. And uh, for Ryan, obviously, you need to have that big win to win the division. So, Ryan, let's start with you here. Sitting at 0-2 through two weeks after you had a really strong season a year ago in football trivia. Has anything gone different this year, or has it just been kind of luck of the draw with the questions?
0: Um, I think last year, like I kept telling you, and you didn't believe me, I just got lucky last year on these questions. And then um, I think everything's kind of regressing to the mean now.
2: Maybe I think you're getting unlucky now. I, I think there's you know happy media, maybe in the middle. Uh, Skinner, you, you were ranked super high. You said you didn't like having the expectations. You lost last week. Now you're receiving votes. So you're not really, you know, on the forefront as much in that top 10. Is this where you want to be?
0: Yeah, I want to be. No, I don't even want votes. I want to be uh, in the bottom 10, and I don't want no stinking
2: buy. <laughs> okay. All right. He wants to take the tough path. I love that. I love that. Okay, uh, Ryan, I'm going to give you the option on the coin toss here. Do you want heads or tails? It, it is tails.
4: Right. Tails is not here lately.
2: That means Skinner, do you have the option? Do you want to go first or do you want to go second? Play it off, Ryan. All yeah. right. So Ryan's going to go first. Skinner will go second. We'll start in the easy category. First quarter, these are worth three points. Ryan. First name John, this Jayhawk running back was named All Big 12 First Team in 2006. John Cornish. Yep, John Cornish had himself a nice career in his time at Kansas. All right, Skinner, to your first question. Joining John Cornish on the All Big 12 First Team in 2006, was this KU corner and future first round NFL draft pick? that's right. Ended up coming back, obviously, for another year, helping KU win the Orange Bowl, but he was first-team Big 12 in 06 also. All right, three to 3-3, three, the scores we head into the second quarter, into the medium round. These are worth six points. Back to you, Ryan. This dual-threat Jayhawk quarterback and safety from 1973 to 1976 is part of the Kansas Athletics Hall of Fame.
1: Nolan Cromwell.
2: Yep. The uh, Cromwell? That no, I, I think I'm miscommuting. Name is a doublet from Sublette? Is that Schnellbacher? Is that Cromwell? I can't remember. All right. Anyway, uh, Skinner, your second question to tie the score at nine. This Jayhawk quarterback, coming after John Hadle and before David Jaynes from 1966 to 1968, is part of the KU Ring of Honor. Bobby Douglas. That's right, Bobby Douglas. Both those leaning on maybe a little bit tougher medium questions here today. If you know it, they're probably easier, but uh, if you don't know the past history, probably tougher. So I guess it just depends there. All right, on to the hard round. It is 9 to 9. These are worth seven points. Uh, Back to you, Ryan. On September 17th of 2011, Kansas allowed 604 rushing yards and seven rushing touchdowns in a 66-24 to loss to who? Georgia Tech. Knew that one right off the bat. Yep, Georgia Tech ran triple option under Paul Johnson, and uh, they certainly put a beating on Kansas with their running attack. All right, Skinner, your hard question for seven points to tie the score. In 1991, Kansas rushed for 513 yards in one game, it was the third most that they've ever had in a game in school history. It came against what Big Eight opponent? Missouri. That's right. Who could forget putting a pasting on Missouri with that many rushing yards? That's just demoralizing for the for the opposition. All right, it is sixteen to sixteen. What a game we have so far. Sheesh. Oh my goodness, this is amazing stuff. And uh, now we're gonna head to a really, really hard round. These are worth eight points. We're gonna go back to you, Ryan. During KU's 2015 spring game, what 89-year-old and former KU football player scored a touchdown in the KU alumni game?
0: I can picture him. I can picture the video. Uh, one of my friends was actually playing on the opposing team, but I'd have no idea his name. I don't know.
2: Okay. Mm. The correct answer is Brian Sperry. Brian Sperry. I think you're, a lot of people listening are going to say the same thing. I remember that happening, but I couldn't remember the name. All right, Skinner, you got a chance to win it right here, and if you hit this question and win it, um, you would not only win your division, but that would give you 42 total points if you hit this, which would make you the three seed and would bump Jackson down out of a first-round by and would give you a first-round bye. So if you don't want the first-round by, I guess you might have to uh, intentionally miss this one and force overtime, but then you could lose in overtime. So kind of a, a hit or miss what to do here. All right, here's your really hard. In KU's 2016 spring game, Michael Cummings suffered a knee injury on a hit by what defender? Repeat the question. In KU's 2016 spring game, Michael Cummings, KU quarterback, suffered a knee injury on a hit by what defender?
0: 2016.
2: Yes. 10 seconds. It was actually a safety But I, it was a walk-on safety By the name of Michael Glatsack, And uh, that was the end of the career Unfortunately for Michael Cummings Okay, it is tied 16-16 to 16. That means we get some overtime here um, Ryan uh, I guess I gave you the opening coin toss So that means I'm going to give Skinner the second coin toss here Skinner, do you want heads or tails? Heads Alright It is heads, so uh, Skinner do you have the option here Of if you want to go first or second And if you do want to go first You pick the category you answer your question in And then whoever goes second Will either answer the same question If you get it wrong an easier question Or if you get it right they can answer a harder question for the win So uh, do you want to go first or second Skinner
0: Can I ask Ryan a question
2: first Depends What is the question
0: Ryan you want to go first or
2: second <laughs> Doesn't matter to me <laughs> Lead off big boy <laughs> All right. Ryan, you're gonna go first, which means you have to pick which category you want to answer a question out of. What would you like? Um, let's go with uh medium. Okay. Medium question for you, Ryan, for six points. First overtime. Who led the twenty thirteen Charlie Weiss Jayhawks in passing yards with over fourteen hundred and passing touchdowns with eight? Same player. Um, Dane Christ. It was actually the transfer right after him Jake Heaps Was the correct answer there Okay Skinner that means You can answer an easy to try to go for the win You can try to answer a medium or a hard If you want to flex your muscle a little bit What would you like to answer a question out of Hard Okay I love it Skinner oh for the hard round You're going to get bonus points for this one Alright Skinner your question Wearing the number 24 uniform, this Jayhawk defensive back finished with seven interceptions in his career that spanned from 2009 to 2012.
1: 24. Number 24, right? Yes. Repeat the question. Wearing
2: number 24, this Jayhawk defensive back finished with seven career interceptions. His career spanned from 2009 to 2012. Ten seconds. Bradley McDougal. That is correct. And... You know, that, that's Sheesh. awesome to go for the hard round and then to hit it in overtime for the win with a little bit of gamesmanship. I love that, Skinner. And you have won your division 23-16 to 16 here in overtime. Um, you're sitting there with a, a good amount of points. I think you're just going to miss on the first round bye, though. Um, looks like you have... 34 points and the person in fourth for the last buy spot is 35 so you you get all your wishes you make the playoffs you win your division but you don't get that first round bye. thoughts on uh your performance so far
0: uh just just wanging it but when i'm done i'm calling nolan uh cromwell i'm gonna meet him in ransom kansas
2: there we go oh, wow. oh that's what it was was it the ransom rambler is that the nickname yes then uh- Okay. And Schnellbacher. Schnellbacher was
0: from Sublet.
2: That's right. Okay. I knew it was one of those two. I mixed <laughs> it up. So there we go. I'm glad we have you on here. Uh Ryan, meanwhile, for you, uh, that that's a great week. Sixteen points is gonna win most other weeks. So I guess even though you lose here, you probably gotta feel pretty good about going into the offseason. Like it's is this like KU in twenty twenty one? They lose to West Virginia and TCU the last two games, but you know, you felt pretty good about the direction of the program? I mean,
0: yeah, I, that's a good comparison. I knew the answer to every question except the when you started with the spring game. I thought it was gonna, mm. the answer was going to be check. Um. and uh, that's what he got. So I was excited. about it. this is the first time I've actually known all the questions. I had not in the first two uh, games at all. So it's a little encouraging.
2: Yeah, no, that's that's a good finish from you guys. Well, Skinner, we'll see you next week in the playoffs, man. Ryan, that's that's a fun way to finish the year, and uh, we appreciate both you guys joining this thing.
0: Thank you. Good luck to you. Thank you.
2: Wow, that was a fun one. a so 16-16. And if Ryan Brown would have had the other really hard question, he would have had 24 points. Now, yeah, the beauty uh is even if he would have won 24 to 16, Skinner would have still been in position. He would have still won the division. Yeah. Um with, the amount, of points he scored. with the amount of points he scored. But it would have been, you know, fun for Ryan to have a perfect score. And that would have been our perfect score. Uh, our first one, I believe, of the tournament, so uh, yeah. that would have been kind of cool. He was really close to being able to do that. Um, nonetheless, great matchup, and uh, Skinner, it is going to the postseason, which is kind of funny because he didn't want the first round <laughs> buy. He just
3: wants to keep playing. He wants to keep having yeah, fun. I think, you know, it, again, it's it's the age old question of would you rather just keep playing to keep that rhythm going, or would you rather want to buy and and move on to the next round? Skinner has made it very clear he likes the idea of just keeping the rhythm going, keep playing each week, keep the keep the juices flowing, and. Uh, you love to see it because he's a great competitor and uh, just a really fun guy. That's right. So
2: um, we don't have all our division winners just yet. There's still a chance if Blake McFarland has a perfect, he could pass Ryan Goodwin. But outside of that, right now the eight division leaders in the clubhouse, it would go as this. One, Eric Hansey. Two, Blake Farrell. Three, Isaac Henderson. Four, Jackson Schneider. Five, Skinner and Wenninger. Six, Ryan Goodwin. Seven, Kyle Martin. Or Andrew Wymore. we have to figure out what we want to do for the tiebreaker. There, honestly, the tiebreaker will just depend because they same record, same amount of points. It'll just depend on uh, which guy can fit the matchup of the eight or the ten seed or, or whatever, the nine seed or the ten seed yeah, better. It'll just be a so it doesn't a really matter, to be honest. Um, and then right now our wild cards with still tomorrow we have one more matchup. It's between one and one. Ben Wilson, who has six points. And one-in-one one, Blake McFarland, who has nine points. So, actually, unless one of them gets like a perfect score, I think all of these wild cards are safe. But they could get a perfect score. Right now, it would be Justin Nichols would be the nine. Garrett Hart would be the ten. Or Brad Wendell would be the ten. Again, we can kind of flip-flop those. They're tied. It would be ten or eleven. And Aaron Mayer hanging on as the number 12 right now. And then yeah, Michael playing the first out.
3: Aaron Aaron is the guy that I'm excited to see in the playoffs. It's uh, For Michael, it's tough because it's clear that he has a... Yeah. It's clear that he has the knowledge to be a playoff level team. It just he had a tough schedule, you know, coming off a of championship year. Uh you know, it's unfortunate, but I'm excited for Aaron and obviously there's still it's, you know, things could still change, it's still up in the air, but that's a really really strong playoff contingent right there. I mean, you've got a lot of guys that are really really talented and very very smart individuals. So, I am super pumped for the playoffs to start.
2: Me too. RCSD football trivia brought to you by 23rd Street Brewery. Dine in, carry out, catering, whichever way you want to eat, you can get it done with 23rd Street Brewery. You're going to enjoy all the great food from the chicken strips to the pretzels to the Haney Turkey Stack to the Hank Booth Burger to the Bill Stuff Mac and Cheese. Try all of it, 23rd Street Brewery, and try some of their new beer. They've got a new brewer in there. You can get their beer to go too with their Crowdlers. With Nick Springer, I'm Derek Johnson. Two hours down, one to go. We're going to uh, start off our KU football superlative segment today. You're you're listening to RCST on KLWN. Depend on it. Five o'clock hour. You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk on KLWN with Nick Springer. I'm Derek Johnson. We've got some Devin Phillips audio that we're gonna bring your way coming up in our next segment here on RCST. We have one more trivia matchup coming up on tomorrow's show. And uh we have a new segment though that we're so gonna unveil. The
3: trivia, that's the last regular season matchup,
2: right? Last regular season playoffs. matchup, yep. And then on to the playoffs next week. So we're going Playoffs? To, yeah, we're going to have the first round next week, which will be 5-12, 6-11, 7-10, 8-9. And then the following week, we'll have the quarterfinals. And then the following week, we'll try to do the semis and the championship in the same week. Boom. Um, and then we'll be done, I think, the week before KU football, but that gives us an extra week if we need to with rescheduling that, that we can kind of make stuff work, so.
3: Okay. that's. The I didn't mean there. to interrupt you before you introduce no, our new segment. Yep, new segment. So
2: uh we're calling this KU football superlative. So I have a bowl. I don't know if you can hear this. Probably I can not. Hear it. Yeah. It was uh piece a bunch of pieces of paper in a bowl. Yeah. And each piece of paper there's like over 30 of them in here. Has a different KU football superlative for us to talk about. So, you know, for instance, it could be like uh who has made the most consecutive baskets on our mini hoop here. And the answer to that, the superlative would be me because I have made more than you. Um, right? No, but that's it would not be like true. KU football we bust. didn't
3: have somebody actively monitoring. Oh, okay. You know, we need to have like a Guinness World You were in here. I made eight straight. We need like a Your Guinness record World like Record six. representative here to make sure that there's mm. no shenanigans. Okay. Well, nonetheless, I'm I superior. We have a mini basketball hoop in the studio and Derek sucks and I'm way better.
2: I have made everything more than you in terms of streak (laughs) i hit we had this crazy shot we were attempting i hit it before (laughs) you so uh yeah anyway all right so i uh you i'm gonna draw the first one and then we will get to talking
3: do do i get to draw the second one sure nice most improved
2: sophomore to junior so this would have Mm. to be a player that okay see Mm. so here's where part of the entry. i don't know which makes this complicated i guess what Um, makes this complicated covid year and trying to figure out like what because if you remember last year
3: yeah we including like Redshirt up on junior
2: well last year KU football on their roster they made you like you were a senior and then they added super senior <laughs> if you were using the covid year this year They've they accounted for the covid year yeah into your year eligibility so it does make this a little bit tough uh but when we go back cuz
3: like Kenny Logan's listed as a senior but that's he would be a super senior right
2: yeah, yeah. I think so. If I, I'm just gonna. Here's what, just what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna go back and look at the 2022 KU football roster. and I to sort it by classification. I'm just gonna look some, at the people who are sophomores.
3: Yeah, I'll give you some good options. I have some options as well. All right. I mean, you know what I mean? I was just gonna rattle off guys that Melo
2: Dotson, Marvin Grant, Tory Lachlan, Jalen Dye, Daniel Highshaw, Donovan Gaines, Dylan Downing, Ben Coates, Luke Hosford, Jacob Orchilla, Lawrence Arnold, Kobe Bryant, Devin Neal, O.J. Burroughs, Jalen Daniels, Jack Jackson, Tristan Fletcher, Reese Vernon, uh Savion Morrison, Reese Thomas, Alex Reich, Tabor Allen, Cornell Wheeler, Dean Miller, Trevor Cardell, Davian Westmoreland, Jared Casey, Caleb Taylor. Michael Ford, Dre Dorian, Bray uh the the, the, the Bryce Cable do, Quentin Skinner, Jeremy Robinson, and Keenan Caldwell. Boom. There's all of them. All right. So rank your top the ten highlights. Real quick. Top ten. Jeremy Robinson. No, top ten. Right now. What? 10, ten to one.
3: I'm going the names to I then I you interrupted me when I'm I tried joking. to introduce my first one. I was I was going to. <laughs> okay. Then you, you no, rudely no. interrupted me.
2: Yes, Jim, no, Jim,
3: okay. Jeremy okay, Robinson. Okay. OJ Burroughs. Marvin Grant, Devin Neal, Saman Morrison. How many is that? Five? It's a lot. Uh, Trevor Cardell. Uh, I don't know if I should include Jalen Daniels because, like, he might, if he plays all season, I think he will definitely be most improved by stats, but I I don't know. So, Jalen Daniels, I guess he'll be on there. Uh, Let's see. Caleb Taylor. Michael Ford's got to be on there if he's a starter now. I don't think he is, though. Is he? Well, we don't know. We think maybe he might be. Who else? I already said Trevor Cardell. Okay,
2: so like I've, as I'm just going through these here. Okay, Jared Casey. I don't know whether it's going to be most improved. I think he's a good player. I don't think I don't know what more the ceiling it. is, right? No. Um, br- I think,
3: but you see, that's why I said Trevor Cardell because Trevor Cardell has been getting talked up quite a bit. And yeah. If he puts up better numbers and plays a lot more. He could be a good candidate.
2: Yeah. Michael Ford, again, like good player, but yeah. I, I don't know what more. If he starts, you know, if I don't he know starts how,
3: he's got to be on there.
2: How big the potential is. That he was a starter last year. Like how much more? Because this is the most improved. Yeah. You know, it's not just who's the all best. All right, all right, 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 right. Um, Caleb Taylor, that is one that's interesting to me. Maybe on on Westmoreland. Again, I'm, I know I'm there with Trevor who, I think I
3: know who I'm going to vote for.
2: Um, Let's see. Uh, Xavier Morrison, I don't think the role will be there. Jalen Daniels, again, he was already good. Burroughs could be a good candidate, but he was already a good player. I don't think it's Devin Neal because I already think he was
3: a really good running back, you know? I think it's Savion Morrison. Why? I think if he plays more and he's healthy for the whole season, he could easily be the most improved.
2: So he's already injured now. (laughs) Allegedly. Um, Yeah. How much is he going to play, though? I mean. He's a fourth-string running back.
3: He's. He's third string, I think.
2: Right? I don't think so. He had a Dylan McDuffie. I don't think so.
3: Really? But he's so explosive. I think he's. I think there's definitely a role for him.
2: But if he has, and if he plays the whole season and the role is, if in, he has 30 carries this year. You can't be the most improved player. I right, fine. I'm just saying. fine, Mister. Oh, no, that's what you want to pick. Fine. I don't think you can pick Daniel High because you're coming off that bad injury. Yeah, I agree. Jalen Dye, I think, has approved a ton, but how much is he going to play again? You're behind some of oh, these yeah. How,
3: yeah, how much is that going to be reflected in the stats and on the playing field?
2: Right. Um, Torrey Lachlan is just kind of a dependable buy. Okay, here's here's the ones that I'm between. Jeremy Robinson, Quentin Skinner, Bryce Cable, Trevor Cardell, O.J. Burroughs, Lawrence Arnold, Kobe Bryant, Melo Dotson. There if sure. I want to start eliminating between the numbers here... As much as Jeremy Robinson has an opportunity to do that and look really good down the back half of last season, I go back to the Brian Borland press conference from... He
3: didn't even mention him.
2: No, and then he kind of brought him up at the end, and and one of the things he mentioned with him was inconsistencies, that he can hit that high level, but they're still trying to get the inconsistencies out of him. So that makes me wonder if that's not the answer. Quentin Skinner. We've talked a lot about, you know, maybe we're underselling him as being a potential number 1 receiver, that he could be just this dominant downfield threat. At the end of the day, he kind of was that last year. Maybe it's just a better version this year. I think there are other options you could pick for most improved. Um, Lawrence Arnold's again, same thing. I think he was a really good receiver last year. Maybe you just get more consistent this year. Yep. you know, instead of there being once every two or three games, is you that, have a five is, catch, hundred yard.
3: Most improved? I don't know. I don't. I don't think so.
2: I would. No, I am mean, I would, cross, I would off.
3: cross off Lawrence Arnold.
2: Kobe Bryant was already first team All Big Twelve. For him to register on this list, he would have have to to be an All-American.
3: Yeah, it would have to be like six six picks, seven picks. I'm not going to pick that. Cross him off.
2: So now I'm between Bryce Cable, Trevor Cardell, OJ Burrows, and uh, Melo Dotson. Still with Trevor Cardell. Is Marvin Grant on there? Does he qualify? He does qualify, but I don't...
3: Okay. You're crossing him off?
2: Yeah.
3: Eliminated.
2: I'm going to eliminate Trevor Cardell
3: because... Eliminated.
2: There's just so many other tight ends in the room that he could be one of the most improved, but I don't know that the production or the amount of snaps is going to levy it. Um, O.J. Burroughs, we talked about earlier in the show, I think can get there if the tackling just improves. Of course, he could get there, but still, that's a little bit more limited. Eliminated. So I, I'm between two guys, Bryce Cabledo and Mello Dotson for me, most improved sophomore to uh, junior. With Mello Dotson, can you become more of a shutdown corner? And with Bryce Cabledo, he's someone who I was actually pegging going into last year as being one of the most improved for that class, you know? And that didn't end up happening. He was kind of the same guy, had some ups and downs over the course of the year. But I still like the potential in there, man. I'm tempted to pick Bryce Cabledew here. here. Uh, he was doing well during spring ball, so much so that he was even in the mix for the left tackle race. Then Pooney ends up sliding over. He goes to right tackle. Which, so by Bryce the way, Cabledew.
3: he uh, Cabledo said, actually, that he went to the coaches and told them he wanted to go back to right tackle. Yeah. He said that he thought he was playing really well at right tackle. They tried him at left, and he was like, this ain't working. I want to go back to yeah, right. which and for some guys. Like,
2: yeah. And they were like, sure, go for it. Yeah, I'm going cable Do cable is
3: my answer. Who are you okay. going with? So Melo Dotson, eliminated. For me. For you. Uh, I mean, I like the idea of Trevor Cardell. It's one of those things where uh, maybe not necessarily on the stat sheet. He's like, quote-unquote, most improved. Like maybe sure. his numbers aren't most improved. But I mean, if he's out there just waylaying people and blocking and making big plays, I think you can make the argument. I'm very, very tempted by by Trevor Cardell. I understand your sentiment around Savion Morrison, but I just, I, dude, I love Savion Morrison. I just need to get that off my chest. I love him. I, I like everything about him. I think he's a. I think he has a chance to be a really explosive player. So I, I'm obviously pretty biased there. But yeah, I mean, I understand your sentiment that if he, you know, if he doesn't get the ball that much, can he really be like most improved? Right. I mean, what if he's Five. even the fifth
2: string running back? What if Tori okay, Lockley? Sure, yeah, you know? fine. Sure. It's just a Fine, fine. No, okay, I agree though. I fine. like the skill set and, and it, I the will opportunity go comes cool.
3: With Trevor Gardell.
2: Okay. All right. Your turn to pick out of the bowl of mystery of KU football superlatives here on RCST. Can you hear that? I could, but I don't oh, know you the can? listeners can. I think they can. Sounds like a bowl of cereal.
3: Best wide receiver. Best wide receiver. This is a tough one, actually. Okay, so So I need to not put this back in, right? So we don't draw it
2: again. Yes, correct. Um. Wow, it's got to be one of you have to pick from one of the starters, right?
3: So basically, I think your options are Luke Grimm uh, Quentin Skinner, Quentin or Lawrence Skinner or Lawrence Arnold. I mean, I don't know. You could say you could pick a tight end. What if Mason Fairchild? That's fair. Jared Casey. I mean, I don't know. Are we are we stipulating it has to be a wide receiver? No, I, the, the the what you wrote down just says best wide receiver. Then that would be a wide receiver. So it has to be wide receiver. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just clarifying. Okay. Okay, so best wide receiver. Oh so, uh, yeah, yeah, I think it has to be that's
2: one of those three starts.
3: guys. But which one? That's the that's the question.
2: We've been trying to I don't know. I I've, I've been really the, we've the way been, we've, we've been, been talking about Quentin Skinner. We've been dancing around this one for a while. I am starting to like talk myself into that being the case, <laughs> but I don't know that that's going to be the answer. I think it is more of, you know, he he fits that role of being your deep ball guy. Um I think Consistently last year, your best receiver consistently was probably Luke Grimm. Also, Lawrence Arnold was probably your best, like big big ceiling guy, potential guy. Yeah. You know, like you'd flash it. Your best flash guy.
3: Yes. uh, You know, stuff like that. Yeah.
2: So if you have a player who typically you become more consistent the older you get into a system, that should help Lawrence Arnold. He's my pick. But I am afraid not to pick Luke Grimm. Because Let's not you forget, can tell
3: the chemistry is there between Luke Grimm is. and Jalen
2: Daniels. Luke Grimm had 10 catches for, it was like 167 yards in the bowl game. It was one of the most yards ever recorded by a KU receiver in a bowl game. I think it was second. There might be a spoiler for trivia later. Um, Luke Grimm had that unbelievable finish to the year. He's got that great connection, as you talked about. Yep. He's just a very dependable target. Now, Lance Leipold mentioned in his media veil on Monday that he was dealing with some sort of injury. Is it yes. small bump and bruise? Is it something big? I don't know. Yeah. I'm gonna edge, though, for the talent and assume the consistency gets better, and I am gonna go Lawrence Arnold, but like I said, I am afraid not to pick Luke Grimm there.
3: The argument for Quentin Skinner would be like, what if he maybe he doesn't lead the team in catches, but what if he just has like five or six 30 40 yard touchdown catches.
2: I mean if he's the it's it's like the Tyreek Hill he's the most electric. Yeah, it's like it's like the Tyreek Hill is the best receiver in the NFL argument what people would say well it's not just that he produces he's a, he's a game breaker. Exactly, he's a game breaker and he changes the way defense is to defend you. They have to, you know, put their safeties back to to prevent him from going over the top of the defense. If Quentin Skinner is that dominant as a deep ball player even if the yards and the touchdowns are similar to Lawrence Arnold and Luke Grimm, maybe That is opening things up for the other players. So there is a case that you could make there.
3: Yeah. And then you have Lawrence Arnold, who I thought you outlined pretty well. He's probably got the most talent, the most like NFL type receiver players play type. Uh, You know, he's a big body. He made some nice catches in uh, contested catches throughout the season last year. Probably has the highest ceiling. But Luke Grimm is Luke Grimm is that guy that he just always finds a way to get open. And you don't even really know why or how. He just. Yeah, that's why I kind of do want to pick him.
2: But, like, (laughs) because, again, going back to the consistency thing, this is Lawrence Arnold's uh, yard totals, like, week to week. 56, 30, 24, 84, 0, 41, 113, 53, 18, 110, one catch for 42 yards, 26, 119 against Arkansas. It was very up or down, hit or miss. Maybe part of that is a product of the offense with how balanced things are. If something's being taken away, then they just adjust. But still.
3: Yeah, I, I think I'm going to ride with Luke Grimm on this one. Okay. Really? I don't think that's I, I mean, the wrong I answer. A, I yeah. don't think there's a. I don't think there's a bad there answer is. here. No. Uh, and, and and you know if if Quentin Skinner ends up being the answer, that's probably just great because that means that he was so good. But we already know that Luke Grimm and Lawrence Arnold are going to be good. So really, that's even better. Yeah. But uh, I'm going to go with Luke Grimm here. I think with the connection that he has with Jalen Daniels, I mean, what if he ends up with 60 catches and 10 touchdowns? Yeah. I mean, no, I, I, what? So last year he had what, like 55 catches, I think. Last year? He led the team in... Yeah, I know that uh, Luke 54, maybe?
2: He led the team in receptions. Arnold but led the Laurel, team in yards. Arnold had more yards, yeah. Yeah.
3: I think Grimm had 54 catches last year.
2: I do believe Grimm had more touchdowns. He did, yeah. 52 catches 52. for 623 and 6 touchdowns.
3: Yeah. So, what if he has 60 catches and 8 touchdowns? Very possible. That's pretty good. Yeah. That's pretty good. So... Okay, that is our KU football
2: superlative segment for the day. We'll draw a couple more on uh, tomorrow's show. Coming up next, we've got some audio with Devin Phillips, the big defensive tackle, transfer in from Colorado State. With Nick Springer, I'm Derek Johnson. You're listening to Rock Chalk Sports Talk. This is FM 1017, 1320 KLWN. KLWN KLWN.com and the KLWN app. Depend on it. Well, that's it. If you're listening on our podcast side, thanks for tuning in. Please give us a positive review if your platform allows you to do so, as you can find the show Where you get your podcasts with the best of rcst podcast if you do have any questions for the show whether it's for a mailbag just something you think that'd be fun to talk about you can reach out to us on our twitter page at rcst 1320 you can also email us if you don't have twitter